hey, to all my female baggage droppers out there, I have a question for you. Do you like gold or silver? Well, at Brienne and Company Jewelry Store, you can find anything that you like. That's right. Brienne and Company is a jewelry boutique that has durable minimalist jewelry. She uses genuine pearls, local shells and sea glass, natural gemstones, and of course, precious metals. And these are all quality handcrafted designs by Brienne Light herself. Go and visit her at her website, brienneandco.com, or go to her Instagram that's always popping, at Brienne and Company. Thanks, Brienne. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all of my baggage droppers around the world, welcome to another episode of the Drop Your Baggage Podcast with me, your host, Charles Wolfork, the self-talk engineer. And if you're on YouTube and Facebook, please consider giving me the like and subscribe button. And if you're on a podcast platform subscribing, give a brother five stars and some feedback, please. And now... For our outstanding guest, ladies and gentlemen, we have Michael DeMine. Now, with Michael, he grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Now, but now lives in Phoenix, Arizona. He is the oldest of four, and he grew up in a single-parent uh, home, so he always had this sense of responsibility and this sense of togetherness and this sense of doing greater things, so he attended college, he attended college but took another route he got into car sales and then he found something that was truly good to him which is talking to people communicating even more so he got into a call center for a traveling company he and he was rising a ladder he became the marketing assistant the sales rep and the district manager but then life handed him a different opportunity again he learned how to build websites himself and build uh, build another uh, build a business called black emerge and now it has turned into we merge media and he helps small businesses create compelling content and learn how to use social media. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you Michael DeMine. What's up, Michael? Hey, what is going on? How you doing? I am doing outstanding today. But like I told you, my aunt would say blessed and highly favored. Hey, love that. Love that. <laughs> hey, man. So tell us about your journey. Like, uh, I, I don't know where you would like to start, but I want to know about the, the the very beginnings over in Wisconsin, about you being the oldest of four and just that sense of responsibility that you had when you were uh, when you were young. Yeah. You know, I, I, I talked to some friends who are also like the oldest child. And I, I feel like just when you're the oldest, you seem to kind of take on some responsibility that may not necessarily be given to you uh, <laughs> just because of your positioning and how you line up. Um, so, you know, the, that that was me. Like, I'm eight years older than my next sibling. So, you know, I was the only child for a little bit. Um, no jealousy or nothing like that. You know, I, I was I was I believe I was a good brother, you know, mm-hmm. once once the rest started coming on. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you're there early and my mom had me early. I believe she was probably about 17. Um, so, you know, I, for the most part, just kind of like, you know, that I felt like I had some sense of responsibility, especially having younger siblings um, and, you know, playing a role, kind of playing a part, something that I've kind of created for myself. Yeah. Yeah, like um, I'm also an older child and I had to start. Uh, I hope my mom, my mom can't get arrested for this now, but I started watching <laughs> my little brother when I was like 11. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it was like that bus, back in the day. Latch key. Don't don't cook nothing in the stove. Use the microwave and straight up watch TV and do your homework. That's all it yeah. is, you know, um, but that sense of responsibility as far as, you know, 
the the cooking and the cleaning and uh, helping my brother with his homework and whatever he's going through uh it was it was definitely something that you had to make sure that you picked up the slack for whatever was gone out outside of the house or in, right. inside of the house that is uh so you said that a music teacher like pretty much spoke life into you and helped mm. you turn things around in your mindset can you tell us more about that yeah, there, there's been a few of them. So, you know, like when you I would say pretty much to like elementary and middle school, like I was just an, an average student, C student who would get happy if you get B's every once in a while, um, wasn't playing in any sports. So like I didn't have any type of social um, activity at school outside of just, you know, when I get home and I play with friends. Um, but when I got to high school, I remember being in the cafeteria. I was a freshman and just hearing something over the announcement that, oh, you know, we're looking for people to join the band. Never played an instrument, <laughs> you know, like I like music, but I never really thought to play. So, you know, I was like, oh, let me go just find out and sign up for it. Um, ended up going, you know, met some cool people that were in the band who said that they would teach me how to play. And like music became uh, my social environment all throughout high school, even even a couple of years after high school um, through marching band, through drum and bugle corps. So, you know, my band director was pretty cool. Um, a lot of us, my friends and I, like school would end, you know, we would stay after school in the band room, playing, practicing, you know, socializing. She let us do that. Um, but that was also like the first time where because I was in band, um, she booked these trips where she would take us out of state. So like I had never been out of state before, you know, <laughs> so it's like I'd never traveled or none of that stuff. And that kind of began to open my eyes um, to just like a whole different world, you know, meeting other people through uh, drum and bugle corps, which is something that I got into when school was out. Um, so I kind of kept myself surrounded in that musical environment. And a lot of my real close friends um, ended up coming from that. Um, but that was kind of like my eye opening aha moment of what life was like outside of just, you know, living in the hood, growing up in the city, you know, something whole new experience that I had never had before. hundred percent. And what did you find? Like, what did you find most interesting about that outside of environment uh, uh, from the inner city to where you wherever you went when you're in the bugle corps? Oh, man, like it's embarrassing sometimes, but it's funny to me to 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 repeat to people. But it's like I had always lived in a house with one bathroom, you know, and I've seen people who had houses that had multiple bathrooms. Um, I remember being in somebody's house and they had like a family room. And I'm just like a family room. Like you mean a living room? Like, oh, no, like that's a whole different room separate than the living room. So like just real basic stuff like that kind of tripped me out to have experienced that. Um, but it also what it ended up doing for me is kind of setting my sights further than what I knew. Um, it's just like, oh, like there's a whole nother way that people are living out here. It's different. You know, I, I remember telling one friend this and she's like, oh, well, didn't you watch TV? And like you saw like, yeah, but TV is not real. So it's like until you experience it in real life, you don't really think about it. Like it was just I knew my normal. Um, so but my normal had changed once I kind of saw that. And, 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 and I liked it. I'm just like, oh, this is nice. Like, how, what do I got to do? To be like these people, you know, so that kind of set me on a whole nother trajectory. A hundred percent. And is that what in that trajectory, was that what you carried on into college when you did? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I never knew how, like, I didn't know what to do, you know, so I just knew that like people are living different than when I grew up mm -hmm. and I like how they're living, mm -hmm. but that was the extent of it. I didn't know like, okay, that means I now have to go do X, Y, Z. Like, you know, after high school, I went to college, but I only went to college because everybody said you're supposed to go to college afterwards. There was no career planning. There was no like evaluating what I was good at. It's just like I play trumpet. I like band. I'm going to major in music. 
my music teacher was influential, so I'm gonna be a music teacher. And that was the extent of it. That's awesome. So at least you had some sort of a direction. You were like, hey, I like this. Uh, this is a passion for me. I'm gonna go ahead and be an influence on others, just like somebody was an influence on me. That's pretty cool. Right. So like right. you transitioned over into car sales. So mm-hmm. what did you learn most from car sales or like First of all, just go ahead and walk me through that transition real quick. Yeah, yeah. Like it was, I'm trying to remember like what period. I think there's probably like a, a one-year period mm-hmm. of time where I kind of, you know, I went I went to college, but I only stayed for the first year mm-hmm. uh, because I was struggling financially. You know, like I didn't have the money to be, be to really live comfortably up there. Um, I, I decided to look to see what band directors and teachers make. And I looked it up because now I'm having a little more sense of awareness about what it takes to live the kind of life. And I'm I'm just like, 25, 30,000? Like, what? No. And I'm going to be on how much money when school is over? The math didn't add up to me. So (laughs) I knew I had to do something different. And plus, it's just like I knew I wasn't coming back. So I just kind of put the blinders on and went on this rampage. Just like, I just need to make money. Um, you know, what do I need to do to make money? And, you know, my friends laugh to this day, but I've, because I was just like, so open to try all this different stuff. Like I remember going to an Amway meeting. I remember going to, um, applying for this job to sell signs, you know, so it was like outside door to door business to business, you know, Oh, I see that you don't have a sign. We sell signs and can we make a sign for you? So like I made no money whatsoever, but it did kind of give me this like tenacity that you need um to kind of have that like creating your own way type thing because if if i didn't make any sale then i didn't make any money um and that's what that i learned from that experience but you know through that yeah i ended up i remember working at mcdonald's for like a week or two hated that big time you said a week (laughs) yeah it was about a week that's about as much as i could take um, but I, I ended up applying for a car dealership who was hiring, you know, they, I had sales experience from the sign thing and I, I got into it, you know, and that's, that's, that's where my sales career began. Boom, boom. So like, what, uh, how did working in the uh, car salesman industry, if you will, the car mm-hmm. sales industry, how did that change your perspective and what skills did you learn from that as well? Because there's so many things that you can learn being a car salesman. Big time, big time. So like for me, I enjoyed the social aspect of it. You know, I learned, I liked talking to people. Um, I enjoyed being of service to people. And, you know, I don't know that I really thought about that since went back to kind of analyze that job to see what I've learned from it. But I did it for about a year and a half, I think. Um, and, and I'll tell you, there's another person there who kind of like put me back on, oh yeah, like there's something more out of life that I want. Um, but during our time I was working there, like in in car sales, like, you know, that whole, I got to go speak to my manager thing. Like that thing is real. Like you have to go talk to the manager. Like for me, I'm just like, look, here's the car. Do you like it? Yes. You like it? Love it? Great. Let's come to a point on a price. Even if you told me that you're ready to buy that car at a certain price and I go back and tell my my manager like, hey, they're ready to buy this car at this price. He still wanted to negotiate more. I'm like, oh, if they're willing to do that, then let's see if we can get them even lower. So like, I hated that because I'm just like, come on, do we really have to go through all this? Like, I don't go through this when I'm going to buy stuff, but I I didn't like that part of it. You know, sometimes it was good because it was commission-based. I remember because all the new salesmen, you know, I was a new car salesman, so we got to drive a demo. So it was like I had a free car during the time. But that sales process, I just did not enjoy. I realized I wasn't 
I didn't have the type of personality to like kind of emotionally detach from that and just focus on getting the sale. I was too service oriented, um, which later on helped me into the next thing that I did. But I remember one night distinctly when I was working there and this was before I left um, the guy who owned the dealership owned a number of dealerships. And um, I was waiting outside. I think at this, uh, this might've even been, um, because they changed the demo thing. So, you know, you had to sell soap minor cars to do, to get a demo. So I didn't have a demo this month. I didn't have a car this month because I didn't make the sales quota. And I remember sitting outside in front of the dealership. It was closed and I was waiting for a ride. I was waiting for somebody to pick me up. And I remember the Corvette pulling up because the, the owner um, drove the Corvette and he pulled up, you know, night, everything's closed. I'm out there. He's like, are you okay? You like, you, you gonna be good. And I'm like, yeah, somebody's going to come pick me up. And he's like, all right. He's like, you know, don't give up. Keep going. He kind of gave me this little pep talk type thing. But I remember um, his lifestyle. Like he had a house that was on the lakefront. He drove all these cars. And I'm, again, I was reminded about the people who had the multiple bathrooms. And I'm just like, see, <laughs> what do I need to do to be like this dude? You know, like I was reminded of that. So I started looking for something else, you know, looking at taking my customer service, like, you know, how do I take that customer service experience, the sales experience, went and looking for more jobs and then ended up getting into a call center and working there for about four years. I'm in a number of different roles, but man, it was crazy when I think about all them different transitions. But what got me in the door was my customer service oriented skills and my ability to be able to talk to people, you know, and, and make people feel good when I was talking to them. Um, so, what yeah, is, it was a journey. What is most important about like customer service what is the most important thing about it to you to me i think the the thing is and, and i had an experience yesterday um with with a company where i just had like excellent customer service i'm just like this is what it's supposed to be about and it's like i found that for me you know and it works out well for me even in my business today um being able to help people feel heard and helping them get to the point of a resolution so like i I like solving problems. I like coming up with solutions. Like I like that process that you go through mentally to figure out like, how can we make this work for you? Cause it's just this sense of satisfaction that comes from it. When people have that, that, that relief, like, oh, yes, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, I look for that in all my experiences when I'm out, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm using that as my barometer to kind of measure whether I'm getting good service or not. But, you know, I found that I really like that. And that, that sense didn't necessarily play out well in the sales and the car sales environment. Um, maybe not such a good salesman, you know, to be like that uh, because I was for the customer rather than for the dealership, you know, and getting the top dollar. Um, so, but that worked well once I got over into the call center and start interacting, you know, in a different company um, where service was very, very important. And, you know, that helped me kind of go up through the ranks there. What helped you become like, okay, so obviously you're customer orientated. Obviously you have these people skills, you know, and how to carry a conversation. Mm -hmm. Car salesmen, they have to know how to negotiate. So like making sure that people see the value and able to negotiate. Yeah. You have all these different skills that are within your arsenal right now. So like what else was able to help you be even better, a better um, call, uh, call center employee and rise up the rankings like you did. Yeah, I, I think for me, the the other thing that worked well for me is like I'm an avid learner, you know, so like I pick up on things well and quickly um, because I'm excited about 
the discovery process of what it is that I'm taking on. So I would spend a lot of my extra or free time, you know, like learning about the next thing where a lot of people get to the point where they're just like, this is my job. I'm doing these things that are on the paper and that's all that I'm doing. Whereas for me, it's like, okay, I got this down, but like, what's next? So, you know, I was always looking for that next thing. Um, and, you know, that's what kind of helped me in a lot of the roles that I've had get to the next one. I didn't always have the credentials, you know, because I didn't finish school, I didn't have the degree. But if you put me in the room where I could talk to somebody, like I knew I'd be able to come out of that situation a winner. Mm-hmm. It was that 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 journey, that search for that extra bathroom It's like, yeah. where, where <laughs> because it was the question that you asked, like, what do I have to do yeah. to get that lifestyle? It's not like, how did that person get It's like, what do I have to do? You took that personal responsibility and mm-hmm. therefore it translates into a, a curiosity and a yearn for learning that yeah. you take forward into these different positions. That's awesome. That's true. You just made me think about something too. Cause it's like <laughs> during the many jobs that I had, even working in the call center, um, I started delivering pizza part-time because um, I, I knew I was having, you know, my, my daughter and I became a pizza delivery driver after work when I was working at that place. But I intentionally worked in an area that was wealthy. <laughs> so here again, I'm working in this area with all these wealthy people, huge houses, big lots, nice cars. And, you know, back then we always had the paper to show you who the customer is, you know, who the name is. So I don't even remember having Google back then. Man, I wonder about that. I have to think about that. But, you know, I would look at the name and I would just be like, oh, I've seen this name on a building downtown. And I started to realize like a lot of the people who lived in the area owned businesses or they were like executives at companies, you know. So I'm just like, because um, I would see people that I knew from back when I was a waiter working in a private club again. Dang, I'm just making these connections of all these rich people I used to work around or work for. <laughs> I worked at this private club as a as a waiter. And I remember seeing some of the people that I was delivering to later on in life back when I was like 18, 17, working at that place. So, you know, the dots started to connect. And I'm just like, these people own businesses. Like, I need to look at how to own a business. Like, how does this work? The car dealership guy owned the business. Uh, you know, people that I was delivering to with the pizza and like, I'm starting to see the connection from that and started researching entrepreneurism. And that took me on a whole nother road. What, what drew you to start to build websites then? Yeah. So the, the original thing was I, because I worked in the travel industry, when I looked to start a business, you know, I was like, what's going to be the path of least resistance. And I started a travel based business. Um, But with that, I was trying to figure out like, you know, this was early in the days with the internet. Um, I, how do you get a website so that I can have people um, contact me and find me? It wasn't even about booking, you know, because back then we were still booking on the phone. So it wasn't like you had an app. If I remember cell phones were just like still gray, little green blocks. Like it wasn't no internet. It wasn't none, none of that stuff that it is today. Um, but in, in finding people to build a website for the business at that time, it was five, $10,000. And I'm starting a business. I don't have no money for that working full-time job. Like, so I didn't have the money for it. So I'm like, let me see if I could, this is something again, that curiosity about, can I figure this out? Um, started researching it. And I remember the first time I built one, I was using, what was it called? Like it was a Microsoft, um, it was some Microsoft web builder thing. It was horrible. It was terrible. You know, it's not around anymore today, but like that made me realize like there has to be a better way. And eventually, you know, with enough searching, I found a company who made a do-it-yourself type platform. So 
I figured it out. <laughs> yeah, it's over from this and off to the races. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, yep. like, uh, what were some of the challenges that you had to overcome with uh, beginning your business from the ground up? Um, having capital, you know, and figuring out how to get in front of people. So, you know, I didn't because I didn't have the capital, then I wasn't like I had a marketing budget to do advertising or none of that stuff. Um, so I really just kind of started with people that I knew, you know, family, I had family who worked at call centers. So I'm like, hey, you know, they have paid time off. They get made good money. So I would make a flyer. And I learned how to make a flyer in the process of trying to figure out how to make a website. And I would give it to my cousins and she would take it to work and hang it up on the bulletin board. Um, so I remember that I started booking trips for her and for her friends. And, you know, they would put the flyers up in there and I started getting all these calls. Um, but eventually, you know, that was all booking travel, Vegas trips, weddings and all that other stuff. And, you know, I was like, cool. Um, but I started to notice that I started getting people visiting the website that I put on the flyer and asking me, oh, but who did the website? Who did the website? Because I need one. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I did the website. And people started asking me if I could make one for them. And I'm just like, OK, uh, the trip to Vegas is going to pay me a $70 commission or I can build a website for like $500. So. Hey, I switched. <laughs> and that's when I kind of transitioned over to Black Bird at the time. Super easy decision right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you, you started with the company Black Emerge. You know yeah. what I mean? And you had a, a, a you there was a problem that you saw and you wanted to solve the problem. Right. What was that problem and how did Black Emerge come from all of that? Yeah. So at this time, there was probably about, I think it was 1999 or 2000 or so. Um, and because me, when you asked me about how did I go about what were the challenges that I had, advertising was a huge challenge. You know, how do people find me was a, a big thing. I couldn't afford to be in the yellow pages and all that other stuff. Um, so, you know, I thought like, okay, well, there has to be other people like me who are in the same situation. And just starting with what I know, you know, I was like, let me create a place for people who have businesses to advertise so that they can, um, you know, insert their business in front of more people. Um, at the time, black pages were around, but I remember like that was like of a whole era gone by. So it almost kind of looked like uh, it was basically a black version of the yellow pages back then. Um, but people were starting to use the internet to search for things. Um, so, you know, I'm like, okay, the next thing that needs to come, the next uh, interpretation of that has to be something that's web-based. And because I knew how to build the website, I built the blackemerge.com as a place for people to um, be able to list their business, which also gave me an opportunity to now start developing a list of business owners who would need websites because I knew that they didn't have them at the time. So, you know, I was built this online directory basically for people to be able to find black business owners in Milwaukee. Um, and that I remember I was doing a dollar a day. So it was like $365 for the year You get listed. But then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm put you in a directory, but I need your website. Oh, I don't have a website. Okay. Well, we provide a service for that. So then I would design the website for them too. Um, so I did that plus published a magazine to go along with that because I know everybody wasn't adapted to the internet yet. So like locally, I distributed a, a handheld paper magazine as a way to then advertise the businesses. So it, it was, trust me, I know this all sounds good, but this was not all like planned out. It kind of evolved in that way. Okay. Um, <laughs> it evolved in that way. So it wasn't like, I'm going to start this business and 
offer these three different services. Nah, no, nah. It wasn't like that. <laughs> but like you saw the problem, you 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 fixed it, but then you were able to you had different products and services yeah. that you were able to give as well. So you were able to upsell people as well. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, for those who don't know, that's called an upsell when you have one <laughs> product or service and then you go ahead and offer another product or service like he did with his uh with the yeah. websites. Ah, like that's that's phenomenal. And that's so how long did you have this business? How did everything go? Yeah. Did, did you, uh, like, I know you had to start hiring people. How did this whole process go for you with Black Emerge? Yeah. So I was, I was solo for like, I'm still pretty much solo to this day for the most part. I just started incorporating my daughter into what I'm doing. Um, and then a few partners that I would contract out to. Uh, but, you know, I did Black Emerge for a good four years, I think. Um, but I started running up against people who weren't black, <laughs> who wanted my services. And it was just like, OK, like to me, it wasn't a big deal. Why is it a big deal? You know, just to make your check out the black emergency, you still get the same thing that you wanted. But the conversation ended up becoming um, difficult to have with some people. And then I would have friends and be like, yeah, like, I think you're limiting yourself. Like, you know, just by, you know, I don't know if you know, but like a lot of times, like when you have a black business, you, it, it can go two ways. Either you worried about letting people know you're a black business and putting your face on it because you feel like you're going to be discriminated or limited because you're putting that up front um, or like people really, really own it. And they just kind of stay in that niche and it gets hard to expand. So for me, it was hard to expand beyond that point for that reason. And rather than trying to fight and make people jump over, I'm just like, let me just offer something different. So I dropped the the black from Black Emerge and I replaced it with we <laughs> to make it inclusive. And it's been We Merge Media ever since then. Love it. Love it. So like, man, got to ask, did you get any like pushback? Did people call you a sellout and all that stuff? Did, did you get like some little bit, a yeah, little, little bit. bit, not a whole lot, just Good. because of like, I think because of my the people who i got the pushback from weren't necessarily people that um were clients of mine anyway you know they just had a they just wanted to stand on that and i got it you know like i understood it but i'm just like look i gotta do what i gotta do to make this all work and you know it's it's lasted to this point outstanding so what did you begin we merge uh, that would have started about 2005. So, yeah, about 2005 or so. Where I, and it was difficult for me to start. Like, I felt a kind of way about it. Like, it was hard for me to use because it's like I knew what the history was. But if I was meeting somebody for the first time, they had no clue about the whole transition from Black Emerge to Emerge. Um, but it opened a lot of doors for me because it, it had that corporate sound to it you know um i started getting clients from you know all these different races and different work um it led to bigger clients who had contracts with states and governments so like it opened a lot of doors um by i'm not gonna say by making that transition but just like opening the door to to not limit myself to just be you know people see the name they think oh this is just a black business where it's about mm -hmm. you know black related issues where it was really greater than that oh for sure for sure like it, it it goes in so many ways man like i live in hawaii right now so mm -hmm. I, I get like a survivor's guilt sometimes about mm -hmm. oh man i want to go back to cincinnati to the hood and and help out so many people and and kind of like make a, a center there where it's like a neighborhood center where i think I, I can use my services to help those people why not and i i feel like i, I can and will right. um but also like i love it here in hawaii like who wouldn't love it in hawaii so it's like love it 
I, it's that it's that pull of of both sides. You know what I mean? It's like I have to do what's good for me. Yeah. And I can also do what's good for the people in the culture as well. So it's, yeah. it doesn't, you don't have to limit, we don't have to limit ourselves in any way. It's just the, the, there is a need for, and this is all based on me and my, like, obviously my opinions and my stuff, but like, mm-hmm. this, there's a need for um, us to lift one another up as black people. And there's also that, that spirit within me and, that what I know from the creator, which is that we're all just the human race. You know what I mean? Right. Like we got different levels of melanin for sure. And then we're all, and you know, we treat each other different for sure. Right. <laughs> but it's like in my heart of hearts, I know like my, my daddy white, my mama black, like, and I'm still black, but it's, you know, we're all in this together. You know, yeah. if, if we don't adopt that, then how the hell are we going to survive in the first place? Yeah, I, I know what you mean by the Survivor's Guild thing, because I, I definitely felt that and went through that, too. I'm just like, man, am I giving up on people? But I'm just like, wait, it don't mean that I can't help. Yeah. You know, I still can. You know, and I think also just like when you, you know, because I grew up from, um, you know, in at least in the city of Milwaukee, where I grew up in an mm-hmm. area and all that stuff, like your your future is not bright, typically to people. So like part of me also wanted to be like, look, like I'm I'm an example of what could happen, yes. um, you know, once you get to a certain place to be able to do that. And I kind of wanted to fulfill that. But, you know, somebody helped me understand something um, at one point. I'm just like it, it allowed me to be able to be at peace with it. And it was that you can't pour from an empty cup. So I had to get to a point where my cup was full enough to be able to pour into others because trying to pour from an empty cup just is not fulfilling the mission either. I know that's right. I know that's right. And um, like you finally got that extra bathroom. That's what you've been working on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's all about. This whole time. Got that extra bathroom in here right now. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Know, right? Like, God, Lee, what do I got to do? Oh, man, when you break it down that way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so that's awesome. So, like, how has owning the, uh, this company and growing as an entrepreneur helped you grow as a person and as a spirit? Man, I would say, like, I don't even know how else I would have... Um, gone through the personal development that I've gone through without entrepreneurship um, because there had been so many turning points. There had been so much to adapt to um, so much that you as yourself have to learn about yourself in order to be able to, to help others. So, you know, like I remember when I first started, like it was scary because I had never done it before. You know, I'd read the book, Think and Grow Rich. And I had that book really kind of gave me the courage to leave the full time corporate job that I had to start, you know, working and living for a, a deeper purpose. And just all the unknowns, that's what's so challenging about it, because it's like, I don't care what kind of plan you have. There's going to be stuff that happens that you could not have foreseen. And what I've learned by owning a business and owning this business in particular is like the the gold is when you're able to adjust and adapt to the things as they unfold. Um, Like that's really where the skill is. How fast can you you bounce back from something that may look like it was going to be something that was going to take you down? How fast can you recover from that? But the other thing that has helped me do, too, and um, there's an ice cream truck coming. Can you hear that? Yeah, I can totally hear that. I was (laughs) 
I was like, what is Dude, that? I, when we moved here, I was just like, they got ice cream trucks coming through? <laughs> hey, God. Hey, at least you didn't react like Eddie Murphy, so you good. <laughs> right. Wait, hold on. Y'all like the mute. <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Sorry. Uh, see, it still works. They still yeah. get you. They have you distracted. It's <laughs> a Figure. Right. Uh, has it in like being able to go through that adversity and to be mm-hmm. able to adapt quickly probably made you a better husband and parent as well? It made me a better everything. Like, you know, I and 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 I think the other part of this too is just like I've gotten to a point of doing deeper work in, in my work. So it's like I no longer just see it as me providing products and services for people. You know, like the skill set that I've been able to develop has been helping other people fulfill dreams of their own kind of fulfill their personal mission. So I've developed like this greater appreciation for individuality in people. Um, you know, part of what I have to do in order to get to the point that I'm providing services to people is to understand like, where are they starting from? You know, what are their challenges? Which blocks might they have? And, you know, it's almost like you become like a, a therapist in some way because people reveal so much stuff that usually I have to get through in order to get to the point to do the work that I need to do. You know, not everybody comes ready to go. Um, So it's really taught me to have an appreciation for that seed of greatness that's within people. Like my sense of satisfaction comes from somebody coming to me, um, you know, with this idea, something that they want to create, something that they've always wanted to do, um, something that's been within them, but they just didn't have the strength or the courage to do it. And they look at me as to like, can you help me make this a real thing? Um, so like I see my work totally different now, you know, and I I used to base it on like, you know, the amount of money that I'm making. But now it's more about like how many lives am I helping people fulfill? Um, how many people are now able to show up the way that they were born to show up in the world because I use my skill set to be able to help them do that. So, you know, that's been the big thing for me. Man, that is outstanding. Like you are the person that helps people sow seeds. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. That's, that's incredible. You know, like to because you know, then then they can reap the rewards. But if they don't know how to, you know, dig the hole and sow the seeds and put the soil over the seed and water, if they don't know how to do that, then they're lost. So right. like, you like help people find that path to to uh, pr- promise and and uh, prosperity and most of all purpose and passion. You know, that's yeah. That's and, and that's been a revelation that's just in the past like year, two years, maybe max that I started to see the work in that way um, because it's just like, I realized how sad it was for me to realize like there's so many people that go through life, never fulfilling things that was it within them yeah. um, and taking that to the grave with them. And I'm just like, that to me is like one of the saddest things to see because usually because of some fear or something that somebody said to them back in childhood that limited their belief in themselves. It's just like, if I can help somebody, navigate that and overcome that like that's fulfilling work for me right you are speaking my language right there that is exactly what i do too so you're right and i love it i love it so like what is up for the future of michael and we merge yep so lately what i've been focused on um is really kind of like taking being in my role i get to interact and meet all these different people all these different backgrounds skill sets you know visions ideas purposes being filled. Like I have some amazing one-on-one conversations with people. Even me being able to be here with you and talking right now is a gift to me. 
So it's just like all these people that I interact with in the world that I've like looked back and I'm just like, man, amazing, amazing, cool. Somebody could benefit from that. I'm like, I need to create a way to bring all of these people together um, so that they can feed and, you know, learn with and off of each other. Um, so what I'm doing right now is I have something called Bond to Build. It's um, basically a virtual uh, community. Like I call it a virtual co-working space for entrepreneurs, um, just as a, a place to bring entrepreneurs together. Um, I originally wanted somewhere that I can create my educational content. Um, but then also have people be able to network with each other. And this all came together like during the pandemic. It's like, how do I create a virtual or like a co-working space online? Um, so building Bond to Build is kind of like my next big thing. You know, with that, I'm able to invite clients, um, people that I meet over to the platform and give them a space to then be able to kind of spread, you know, and plant their seeds so that other people can then learn from them and benefit from them. Um, a place where we can all share our stories of fear and worry and how we overcame, you know, because oftentimes as entrepreneurs, it's solo, you know, like it's solo work. And like, if your mindset is not conducive <laughs> to be able to help you continue on, like it's real easy to give up. It's real easy to feel defeated. So, you know, because I was having all those one-on-one conversations, lifting and encouraging people up, like, you know, I know what you've been through. I've been there before. I know somebody who's been through that. Let me tell you their story. Like, what if I bring everybody together so that they can interact and learn with each other and see that, you know, it's not just you. You know, we've all kind of gone through some some uh, version, you know, of these pitfalls. But, you know, we're all still here, too. Ridiculously powerful, bro. Ridiculously powerful. Thank you. Like for you to be able to start a community of the people that are out there doing the work, but also who are in uh, 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 taking on the role of being of service. Mm-hmm. Man, like that is a place where a lot of blessings are going to be given and received. Um, and for you to for you to be the organizer of that. Now, in the, in the book, Think and Grow Rich, it's not about the you know most powerful person in the world. It's about the person that organizes yep. everybody together. That's yep. the person that's the most powerful person in the room. Yeah. I see you, man. I, you <laughs> know, I, I, I wish that I could like say, yeah, I thought about that. I totally didn't make that connection to the book, but you're right. right. You are totally right. That whole thing was because somebody took the time to do that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Too bad. Great Thank minds, you. dog. Great minds. <laughs> now, on the Drop Your Baggage podcast, we talk to people that are dope that can give you hope, but also we teach a, a technique that can help you cope. Now, what that technique is, is the mental and emotional release process. Now, if you want to try the mental and emotional release process, please do so with a, a licensed or a certified practitioner of neuro linguistic programming. And uh, I am one. So if you want to learn a lot more about the technique that can help you get rid of your baggage, eliminate that emotional baggage, anger, sadness, fear, all those limiting beliefs and negative emotions that you have, go to my free case study video at eliminatinginsecuritiesnow.com. Once again, eliminatinginsecuritiesnow.com, short video. And also you can go ahead and sign up for a demonstration as well and a call with me so I can help you out. And also, Michael, I am not a therapist or a psychologist or a social worker. And this is just an alternative to all of the amazing things that uh, Western medicine does. And I say that so you won't sue me. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing, sort of. Uh, but uh, but uh, uh, you wanted to release a fear. And it was the fear of not meeting expectations or disappointing someone. Right. Uh, tell us more about this fear that you're going to be releasing today. 
Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I had to give some thought as to where that was coming from. And there are a lot of different places that it came from, um, you know, being at I'm 46 now, you know, I have a daughter who's 21 and, you know, you start thinking about your, your life and your afterlife. And it's just like, have I given you what you needed to be good in this world? And, you know, there's a sense of like, um, you know, I, I, I know she's good. I get compliments about her all the time. But you also want to make sure, like, let me make sure you're just as, as prepared as you can be, um, you know, and let me make sure I can give you all the, the knowledge that I can and give you everything that, that I can. Um, but there's this kind of like also with that, like it goes back, like I'm feeling like that sense of responsibility again, um, that is like, you know, did I do it? Like, am I giving you everything that you need? Like, are you able to be good and understand everything and navigate the world? So, you know, like. I'm I'm not a millionaire. People keep telling me I'm one in the making. I'm not there, you know, but, you know, I think my like my fear of poverty from growing up has made me very like self-conscious about that, that number, you know, that second bathroom, you know, that Corvette. And I think back to all that stuff. And it's like, sometimes I feel like, like, am I really, have I reached my true potential or is there more to come? Um, So that gives me an insecurity in a way to feel that way. Cause it's like, I want to um, make sure that, you know, for my daughter, you know, for my family, that I have something to be able to pass on to them. Um, so I, my insecurity has been around that, that that feeling has been around that. A hundred percent. Like in uh, I mean, and nothing that fear of poverty, yeah, that, that fear of scarcity, like not having enough. Right. When you of course, you know, we're all blessed and the creator has probably never you probably never gone without a meal. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. Like, you know what I mean? So and I'm sure you've had a roof over your head. If not, yeah, all, that's the thing. It's like I've had everything I need. <laughs> but it's but like I- not having everything that everybody else has. So it's like to the standards of America, you see all these things and you see that you've gone without something. So like you're that fear of poverty or that wanting of more abundance and prosperity has now mm-hmm got you into a place where I got to have it. I got to have it. And now that you got it, you're like, I don't want to lose it. I can't lose yeah. it. I got, I got this responsibility. What the heck? And it's like, you don't see, oh, you finally got that extra bathroom. You you got this amazing business. You gave your daughter a job. Like right. <laughs> that don't sink in subconsciously. Right. Yeah. You know, and it, it's, it's, it just made me realize too, like I used to like have this internal conversation with myself. Like, I don't want to be one of those people that get wealthy and keep on chasing wealth because you feel like you don't have enough. And it's like, that was like, I, I, I never really, I don't, I can't say that I never really, that I didn't really work on it, but I was like, I hope I'm one, I'm not going to be one of those people. Like I want to get to a point of being satisfied and feeling like content, you know, but it's just like, I used to have that conversation with myself. Like, Oh, I, I just want to get to this point and then I'll be okay. But then like, there's people who get to that point and they still want more, you know, and, and I don't and like I don't want to be that way. I don't want that. It felt like greed in a way to me, you know, for, for sure. Like and I, I see where you're coming from as long as it's coming from the, the wrong place. But also some people are just achievers. You seem mm-hmm. like an achiever. So like once you get to that place, you know that you're good. But there's something inside you say, like, wait a second. 
I can give to more people. I can be, I can have my consciousness raised that much more. I can be effective and be a blessing to even more folks. I can have my, in the prayer of Jabez, it says my uh, territory enlarged. Right. You know I me, mean? if I do this, this, and this, and raise my income to this level. So it's not about greed necessarily. And it's not that you're not content, but it's like, man, I'm competitive. I still want to keep going. How, how, what limits can I, I know I got a lot of blessings left. What limits? Right can I push myself to? And there's right. nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all, in my opinion. But what do yeah. I know? I'm a 34-year-old <laughs> <kid>, you know? <laughs> but uh, cool. so, yeah, so we, we see where the foundation uh, uh, the foundation is. We see, like, all this, uh, necess- all this um, quote-unquote, lack, may, like, this thinking of lack may have come from, from your past. And now it's like you have this responsibility, you're doing well, but that thing is still in the back of your mind. Right. Um, <clears throat> So let's go ahead and get rid of it. Oh, how does it make you feel, though? Let's let's get let's dig a little bit deeper into how it makes you feel when you feel like, man, my daughter just might not. You know, did I do enough? Like we we, I know the words, but how are the feelings within you? Yeah, I would say describe the feelings is almost kind of like a um, uh, like an imposter syndrome almost. You know, even today I had lunch with a group of um, friends and, you know, we we talked about like, OK, everybody, let's just share like an opportunity and something that's on our mind. And it was it br- that was my thing that I brought up today. I was like, I almost feel like I have like a um, like imposter syndrome in a way. Like I know people see me one way, but my feeling doesn't match the way that people see me oftentimes. And, you know, that gives me a sense of insecurity. It makes me fearful. And then I have to remember to kind of take some time out to just pause for a moment and, you know, put my mind in the right place of abundance and, you know, things are working out well, kind of use my affirmations. But like lately for the past, I would say like two weeks or so, like it's been recurring and it, it, I go through these stages where it comes up and then I, I think I manage it to deal with it, but then, but then it comes back, you know? So it was just like, it, it came up today. Like it was a topic today, you know? The, 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 has it been now, I, you know, I try not to snoop, but I do try to give my, do as much research as possible. I yeah. scrolled and I saw that your daughter graduated not too long ago. Uh, she, she's didn't graduate. So she's did, I think, I can't remember if it was three or four semesters um, of college. So she went to perform. She graduated from high school, Mm -hmm. um, but then she went to college and she went, you know, because she was in um, musical theater. I wanted to be an actress. So she went to performing arts school. Um, But then with the pandemic happened and then it's just like, you know, we moved from California, from Wisconsin to California, California, Arizona. Um, It was just like it didn't make sense to be in school at the moment because she Mm -hmm. didn't want to do that career anymore. Um, so she was kind of going through a transition, but she didn't want to continue to build debt while she was doing so. Um, so she started, you know, it kind of reminded me she's doing ship deliveries and then she was teaching, you know, at some schools with some kids. Um, and now she's working with me as well. And I, I feel like that her working with me is almost like a trigger in a way. You know, I told yeah. her yesterday, I was like, I feel like I was like, I want to be able to tell you to like go somewhere else that has more stable <laughs> stability income and have some money. But then the other part of me is just like, I should be able to provide this and and pay you, you know, consistently. You know what I mean? Like I'm more risk averse. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, I think that's been a trigger for me to not be able to provide that like consistent, stable, full time. You know, it's kind of like, OK, got some work overload. So I need to bring you in now. Um, so I think that's kind of been a trigger for it. How will it feel when you get rid of this limiting belief? 
I can go back to feeling like I'm retired and living, <laughs> you know, like I moved to Arizona because I'm just like, I'm not waiting until I'm done to be retired. Like I want to live my retired life now. Um, and I really just want to focus on doing like meaningful work. You know, that that's how I want to use my time. Um, so, you know, the investing into bond to build and investing to other people. Like I want to see that, you know, to the fullest do its thing and become what I what I know it can be. Um, what people have told me that it can be and like, keep going. Like, yeah, this is definitely needed. Um, but, you know, it's going to feel good to let go of that and just to be able to um, not be distracted by it. I think that fear becomes a distraction and then it starts inter messing up other work and stuff that I'm trying to do uh, because I'm dealing with that mentally. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So let's go ahead and get rid of it. Uh, right. So this is going to be a simple, systematic guided meditation. There's only three things that you got to do. Use okay. your imagination, follow directions, just like you follow a recipe and, uh, and trust the process. Know that I'm your guide. And I'm going to be leading you through this easily and effortlessly. Okay. We, we created your timeline. If your past could be to your left, to your right or behind you, where's your past? I would say to the left. Where's your future? To the right. Just like me. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> some people is like every day. It's, <laughs> some people got some imaginations. The hug's like, oh, that's my past. Like, uh, <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> the, um, all right. And yeah, just, just, let's, it's real cruise. About to do a lot of personal development, a lot of therapy and multiple breakthroughs in a very fast, uh, fast rate. And we're going to change right. your consciousness about the things that happened to you in the past. That's the most important thing. Change your awareness and your thought patterns about the things that happened to you in your past. I got your back. So okay. is it all right with your unconscious mind for you to release this fear of not meeting expectations today and for you to be aware of it consciously? Yes, it is. Awesome. What is the root cause of this problem? The first event, which when disconnected, that will cause this problem to disappear. If you were to know, when was the first time that you had this fear of disappointing or this fear of not meeting expectations when you were a little kid? How? Uh, mm. Yeah. Um, I can recall some situations, especially when I was in um, Trumpet Buccal Corps. Uh, we would travel during the summertime and there were oftentimes we'd be going on like a 30 day tour. Well, time out, time it, out. That, yeah. was high, that was high school, correct? uh that was like um yeah high school yeah let's go back even farther or further further yes let's go back even further i'm talking about mm -hmm. elementary really uh, really young let's talk about like kindergarten uh, third fourth grade mm. that fear of not meeting expectations or that fear of disappointing i gotta think you, you got time for me to think about hey man come on <laughs> this ain't live <laughs> <laughs> let me think about this let me call, let me try and go back further because high school is easy like i got right. easy high school right um let me go back further okay okay so now i think i'm kind of like uh doing the story so i was in fifth grade mm -hmm. so and i think back around fifth grade we moved um to the area that we call the valley and mm -hmm. it was i had always lived pretty much kind of in the same area had the same friend group until we moved at that point mm -hmm. uh, we had a house fire that's why we hadn't moved and mm. we moved to this area that i wasn't familiar with and i met um people and i didn't think about these people until now <laughs> um but like i'm thinking back to like toys i remember going over to some of the kids houses and they had just like all these different toys to play with you know and all these different um you know, like they, they just had it to me in my eyes, they had like had it made. So like I didn't have my own G.I. Joe and I didn't have my own those things that we watched on TV. But I got to play with theirs, you know, when I got to their house. But when I left, 
you know, I'd go back to whatever I had. I had some Transformers. I remember that and that was about it. Um, but I kind of feel like if I think back, that would be kind of like a, a point where I can recognize and been aware of a difference. Yeah, right there is that, that oh man, I don't I don't meet that this expectation. I don't have this amount of toys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that the little kid got you. All right, cool. That's it. That's easy one. That's really good. So yeah. you can go ahead and close your eyes for the systematic yeah. guided meditation. Uh relax and let me know when you're ready to drop your baggage. Okay, let me uh let me look back a little bit here. Go ahead. I hope you got the ice cream truck going back. <laughs> it's starting to, there's like three or four of them that come through here. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. I'm like, I don't even see kids outside, so I don't even get it. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Now, just imagine floating outside of your body as if though you were a spirit or energy. And just imagine hovering above yourself right here, right now in this very moment and see yourself from a third person point of view. See your mic and your black, uh, your black shirt, the speakers and the lamp behind you. I just want to drink, create and sleep sign and the screen in front of you. Let me know when you can see yourself from a third person point of view. I can see. Awesome. Now. Just imagine floating up above your timeline and float deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above that first event in which you felt the fear of not meeting expectations when you were just a little kid playing with the toys and just see the whole event. See the boys that you were playing with in their toys, see you and your toy, see what you were wearing in the whole event. Let me know when you're there. I'm there. Awesome. Now, just ask your unconscious mind what it needs to learn from the event. The learning of which will allow you to let go of the emotions easily and effortlessly. Your unconscious mind can preserve the learnings so that if you need them in the future, they'll be there. Just tell your unconscious mind to preserve the learnings. This is an exercise of forgiveness and acceptance. Forgiveness for yourself and others and acceptance of yourself and others. Who do you have to forgive? What do you have to accept? Who do you have to accept? Focus your attention upon how hurt people hurt people. We're all doing the best that we can with the resources and consciousness that we have. We can't control anyone else's actions, but we can control our response. We can grow stronger and wiser and learn from people's mistakes and actions. Other people's actions have nothing to do with you. It's only a reflection of their baggage and whatever they're going through at the time. And we're better people than we were when those events occurred. You're a better person than you were when that event occurred. What is something positive and empowering you can tell that little kid and those little boys and everyone else involved in the event with the consciousness that you have today that will allow the emotions to evaporate like water on the concrete on a hot summer day. And as you preserve these learnings, the emotions are starting to dissipate more and more until they're all gone. Just let me know when they're all gone.
Okay. There you go, huh? Awesome. Now, looking back at that event, as you hover over the event, what is something that you learned from the event? You want me to share that? Yes, please. Okay. Um, so there's a sense of acceptance um, that everybody kind of has their own story, has their own background. Um, I can, knowing what I know now, you know, like looking back on some of those friends, they didn't necessarily have like happy homes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just being able to realize that, you know, that what I saw having all these toys doesn't necessarily mean like the family was good. Mm-hmm. That's right. Now, with seeing what you saw and, and knowing what you know now, what lesson can you take from that event and carry it on into the future to make you a better person? The lesson that I can see with that is to, it's cliche sounding, but not judging the book by its cover. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, you know, feeling like I'm good enough, just being able to accept whatever, um, where I am at that moment at that time and being okay with that. That's right. Awesome. Now, just imagine floating up above your timeline and flow deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above the dinosaurs during the prehistoric age. Let me know when you're above the dinosaurs. Okay. Awesome. Now, as you're above the dinosaurs, float deeper and deeper and deeper into space to where space and the atmosphere connects. And imagine your timeline is the size of a fingernail. Let me know when you're there. I'm there. Now just imagine floating there, weightless, in space, and ask yourself now, where are the emotions? Tell me, are they there or have they disappeared now? Disappeared. Awesome. Now float down inside the event, sing through your own eyes as a little kid and check on the emotions. Tell me, are they there or have they disappeared? Now. Disappeared. Awesome. Flow back above the dinosaurs and then float into space to where space and the atmosphere connects. Let me know when you're there. I'm there. All right. Listen closely. Float very, very high above your timeline. Above each and every event in which you felt the fear of not meeting expectations. From birth until now, in chronological order. Don't skip one event that has a charge on it. Preserve the learnings and let go of that fear all the way back to now. Go. Okay. Awesome. Flow down into your body and open your eyes when you're ready. All right. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah, I was gone somewhere. <laughs> right. I had a guided meditation once before, and it was like the most, like, um, it was a very memorable experience. So, mm-hmm. you know, that person became a close friend of mine. But I don't know that I've done another one like that since until now. Yeah. Mm, I'm at the standard, baby. I'm at the- <laughs> <laughs> hey, so how do you feel? I feel light. I feel lighter. Um, like I, I felt a bit anxious coming into this, but I don't necessarily feel that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I remember some things that I forgot when I was kind of revisiting the timeline. Um, so I was like, oh, yeah, like in, in, in you repeating the um, hurt people, hurt people. And also like um, people did the best they could with the resources that they had. 
like that helped me let go of some of those situations. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's a good reminder, especially when you're going through something like that where you're looking at things objectively and you're like, Oh yeah. I didn't even think about that person's point of view. Yeah. yeah. Let's go ahead and test it out. So uh, do you smell bacon? No. Okay. I use that. <laughs> I use that question to get your mind off the uh, the meditation. Okay. <laughs> it's like, am I supposed? To? <laughs> uh, uh, so, can you remember a time in the past in which you used to feel that old emotion? And go back and notice if you can feel it, or you may find that you cannot. If, if I can feel it, or if I can remember the times. You can remember the times. Okay. See if you can find that old emotion that you used to feel when you used to think about it. Oh, okay. Um, no, no, I don't. No. I want you to go out into the future. Imagine going out into the future to an unspecified time in the future in which if it would have happened in the past, you would have felt that fear of not meeting expectations. But it's the future now. So see mm. if you can find that old emotion or you may find that you cannot. <clears throat> Mm, no, I don't like I. This is making me realize like there has been some of that that I have been working on, you know, kind of just accepting people for who they are and not really owning that. Um, like, I feel like I was doing it in my present, but I never went back to do it in my past. Um, so I think that makes it because I've been doing it presently makes it easier for me to think about when I go through the future timeline but i never revisited to release any of that stuff it's, i don't think it's like necessarily taught or talked about to go back and revisit those things from the past we always want to just kind of like bury the hatchet right now right in the most recent but the things that happened in the past are the things that shapes our subconscious right within that that younger age as well you know and you know emotions if they're not dealt with like you know properly then they're just going to be there they're going to get trapped and just be there yeah you know yeah. Congratulations. You just released a bunch of fear. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, just, <laughs> just drop your baggage. <laughs> I was wondering what this was going to feel like. I'm like, I don't know what to expect. And I, I didn't even go back to listen to no other episodes. Yeah. I, like, I want to come in this totally like blank. Yeah. Yeah. Allow, allow myself to go through it. Love it. I love the Like, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Good, good job on that. So how do you feel about say your, your daughter now? Mm -hmm. How do you feel about it now? Um, I don't feel any like anxiety around it. Like I almost kind of feel it's, and I'm, 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 ch I'm taking how I feel to try to put it into the words because it's like, I don't feel the anxiety that I had for it, but now I have to get comfortable with saying that I don't feel <laughs> the anxiety. You know what I mean? Uh, because I was telling myself another story, but I don't have that sense of responsibility that I felt before I feel. Mm, yeah. What's changed about that sense of responsibility now? Um, just kind of like a sense of peace of like, just trusting like in divine time, um, and knowing that because of the work that I'm doing and that what I'm involving her in, um, and even the people that I met with today, cause my daughter was with me at lunch when we had this conversation, um, with the people that I met with today, um, there was just kind of like this, um, like you're doing the work that you need to be doing in this moment. And being able to just trust that and not letting the past anxiety and fear um, creep in and kind of take me off track from that. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. The um, 
how about the events from the past? Like, uh, can you take us over some of the events from that you thought of in your timeline and mm-hmm. kind of take us through your thought process from what it was to what it is now? Oh, uh, yeah. So one of the things that came up that I didn't think about the first time, and I think this probably would have been a little bit after the toy incident, was one of my cousins, like his uncle. So I would say he's, he's my cousin, you know, and it's through marriage, but his uncle on the side. I remember his uncle telling us, you know, like, you look to him because like he's going to be the example of what y'all should be. And I had totally, totally, totally forgot about that, you know, because it was just like, I didn't, I, I remember, and I told my cousin a couple of years ago about, it, I was like, you know, I remember uh, such and such saying this. He's like, what? He said that. But like at the time, of course I was a kid, so I didn't know how to process that. Um, but I know it didn't sit well with me. Um, but it also became almost like fuel in a way. And kind of, I think it might've made me a little competitive, not necessarily with my cousin, but just like, and like, I'm not gonna, and and this is something that I've now talking about it. I know that's been a pattern for me is not to be, um, to rise above any like statistics or what people think, oh, because you're from this area, your max is here, your ceiling is here. Um, so just to be, um, kind of working to not make that true. You know what I mean? Um, But that's one of the things that came to, but knowing what I know now, (laughs) you know, I know that his life when he said that um, wasn't in a good place, you know, like he was dealing with some stuff that I had no clue about because I'm a kid. I had no reason to even be thinking about that stuff at the time. Um, But I was able to release that and let that go and remember that. Yeah. It's a, it's a, um, I find that this technique is great for forgiveness Mm-hmm. I mean, and like you said, a, a bit of accepting, like, oh, yeah, you just hurt people, hurt people, man. Like, yeah. they don't know no better. They don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just like talking out of his behind, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know? but uh, so to accept that and to have a compassion for him makes you a better person because there's other scenarios and situations where you can do the same for other. I mean, you're already a compassionate and empathetic person, but to, to ramp that up a bit more is a, a greater amount of uh, personal development, if you will. Right. Small, short amount of time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like there's that, that sense of um, heaviness that you have and uh, that you had. And also um, the, the feeling that you said you had, what was that feeling again? Um, the one of like, um, um, the imposter syndrome feeling. Yes. Yes. How does that feel? Um, I don't necessarily feel it as strongly as I did. Like, I don't feel, I I feel like that's not it now. Yeah. Um, because it's just like, oh, revealing this stuff had made me realize like, it's not necessarily that I'm not living up to who I say I am or who I show people that I am. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just that I was allowing these past things that had been said, um, in my past perception on things, um, kind of create, a insecurity in myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I don't necessarily feel the imposter syndrome thing that I felt before, because I know that I'm pretty authentic in what I do and what I talk to people and what I tell people I can do, you know, I don't go beyond that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before we did the, before we did the uh, guided meditation, it felt like that. Like you could feel it in your, your body. Yeah. It was a heavy feeling. Yeah. yeah. And it, like you said, it feels a whole lot lighter now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's, that's deep. That's deep. <laughs> 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 I like it because it just shocks me every time. Like I said, it's like a David Blaine magic trick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, 
all of a sudden, I mean, you could see it was there. You feel it was there. You feel it was there. But mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you go through this, you have all these different revelations and then bow, gone. So, right. Ah, where did it go? And right. the, the best part about it, it ain't coming back. It's that mm-hmm. like that heaviness won't be coming back. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's nah, I'm, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, don't waste my day. I'm here for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. Where do you see your future? Like, so you told us about like how you're gonna feel after it's gone. So, what do you fu- see? Where do you see your future now that this kind of weight, this these, these negative thoughts in your mind are gone? What do you see yourself going now with that? Yeah, I, it's it's weird because it's like at first I felt kind of um, like a very narrow lane, you know, like I I felt I was walking on like this balancing beam, you know, and I had to just walk easy to kind of stay on there. But now I feel like a wider sense of vision, like I don't feel so constrained and like I feel a little more free than I felt before. You know, I don't feel like I'm walking that balancing beam like I was feeling before we started. That is beautiful, man. Congratulations, Doc. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you deserve it. Anybody deserves it. You deserve it. And you got work to do. (laughs) Yes, that's what it's making me think about now. Like, I got some stuff to do. Oh, that's right. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for showing up for your divine appointment. Hey, look, for all you entrepreneurs out there that I reach out to randomly and hear me randomly. Out, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, who's this dude and why is he? What is he talking about? <laughs> hey, I appreciate all you guys who, who show up for your divine appointment with all my heart and soul. It really is a blessing. Like for anybody that listens to this podcast and especially for people that are on the podcast, letting go and dropping their baggage. So thank you so much, Mike, for uh, oh, dropping pleasure. his baggage today. My pleasure. I appreciate yeah. it. Pleasure. And I'm divine time. I'm glad, I'm glad you reached out to me and, and even offered it. You know, my curiosity kicked in again. Like, oh, let me go and see what this is about. So <laughs> right. I appreciate you helping me deal with that. 100%. You manifested it. I think that's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. everybody who I reach out to for some reason or another, they manifest it. It's just they got to show up for that appointment, that divine wow. appointment. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, um, Please, um, we're about to tie this up. Please uh, tie this up with some wise words for the audience out there. All right. Um, So uh, based on, you know, like how I was feeling beforehand and I'm feeling now, um, I felt like dealing with my past stuff was really just like accepting it and moving on and not revisiting it. Um, But, you know, and typically and and I didn't know this was something that was going to be helpful that I needed to do. But it was actually good for me to like kind of go back and think about all these different moments where I felt like I wasn't enough. And there wasn't as many of them as, you know, in my prior mindset state, state, you know, like I feel like I blew it up and made it much bigger than it was. Um, But when you told me to kind of go through and think about those moments and I'm having these conversations and I'm dropping in on these moments and just like, okay, like there's a lesson in that. This is a different lesson from that. I realized there were just a few significant things to to really kind of revisit and let go. Um, So anybody who's holding on to some stuff from the past, um, you may not be aware that it's prohibiting you today because I didn't connect those things to how I was feeling today. I honestly did not. Um, But, you know, if if you can either reach out to Charles or find somebody to kind of help you revisit and work through that. Um, I know when we first talked and you, we, you were kind of telling me how this works. Uh, you mentioned that like, you know, we were talking about how like everything comes back to childhood. You know, everybody I talk to, there's something in childhood that they're still dealing with today. 
Um, you know, so my advice for anybody who's hearing this podcast is to really kind of think back, you know, think about the things that you are struggling with today and think about how those things may have began, you know, back in childhood and find someone to kind of help you professionally work through that. Because I had no idea. I didn't really connect those things to to this feeling at all. <laughs> right? Like nobody does. It's the- no. <laughs> hey, thank you so much again, Mike. And thank you all out there for your attention and your support. I, I truly appreciate it with all my heart. And I love you guys with all my heart. Please consider hitting the like and subscribe button. And yeah, you guys out there. Uh, tune in for another episode of the Drop Your Baggage podcast on any podcast platform or YouTube. Um, take care of yourselves out there and take care of one another. Peace.